everybody. Welcome to the Heavy Lifting Podcast with Ravi Lula. Very excited about the show today. I've got my friend Evan Stone. Uh, he is a former college roommate and teammate of mine, and he is currently a pastor out in Colorado. I uh, had a really good conversation with him. He is an incredibly knowledgeable college football fan, and specifically the Big Ten. So we get a little bit of uh, Adrian Martinez talk. We get some gambling picks as well. And then we talk about... Uh, why and how and for whatever purpose do we argue with strangers on the internet? Uh, so I, I had a good time talking to Evan. Uh, I thought we had a really good conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy it as well. I just want to remind you to go ahead and subscribe, uh, rate, and review Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula on whatever podcast platform you choose. Uh, really appreciate that support. Also, if you could, um, if you enjoy Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula, Share it with a friend you think might enjoy it as well. Um, would love to reach more people with the podcast. And my best, I guess my best way to do that is word of mouth through you guys. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with somebody you think you would enjoy, that would enjoy it as well. Um, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, remember, you can always find us on Facebook, Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula, on Twitter, at R.A. Lula, and on the website, ravilularadio.com. Uh, so without any further ado, we will get to my conversation with Evan. Welcome into Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. I am joined today by my good friend, Evan Stone. We talked to him a couple weeks ago when Nebraska was playing Illinois, which was a crazy game. Uh, but we uh, don't need, we're not here to talk about that today. We've got a few things I want to cover. Number one, um, I want to get to Adrian Martinez's struggles because I feel like that's something Evan's gone through before as a Illinois fan. So we'll get to that. Uh, maybe not to the same degree, but I think there's something there. Number two, want to get to some picks. I went five and zero last week, and if you had gone. You had actually taken, because I said I, Ohio State was going to cover even though I didn't bet on it. If you had taken all of my picks from last week, you could have put together a 16 parlay and taken that money home. I only did a fiver, but every pick I gave last week hit. So that's a uh, probably not going to happen again for the rest of the season, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> we are uh, pretty proud of that one. And we're going to do a nice adult thing and use it to pay the tax tile and license on my new Jeep. So less fun there. But so we're going to get to some picks with Evan. We're going to talk about Adrian Martinez uh, and his season so far for Nebraska. And probably what's going to take up the majority of the time is uh, I want to talk about fighting on the Internet with strangers because it's a thing that I <laughs> that I did recently and it was stupid and I feel stupid about it and I just need to talk about it. So um Evan, how are you, buddy? Man, I'm good. I thought those winnings were going to cover my fee for being on this podcast. Yeah, um, we're going to have to just put that on your tab for now. Okay, okay, sounds and, good. And uh, we'll hit you up on the backside. It's like, you know, when uh, when when movie stars do a, like an indie movie and they get like a percentage of the take? You know yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's how we're going to set this up. Yeah, indie movie, story of my life. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So we're like, we're a little cash poor up front here, but the back end's going to be huge. You know what I'm saying? So good. So good. <laughs> so good. Dude, I'm excited, right. man. This is going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're joining. I know it's late there. I mean, it's later here because you're in the mountains, but True. I appreciate you taking the time out. I know your kids are crazy. They're going to wake you up in probably about 45 minutes. And uh, so right about, true. <laughs> <laughs> right about when we're done with this podcast, they're going to wake you up. Um, which is a bummer, man. That's why I don't have kids. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got we got our uh, three year old's first potty break coming up in about forty five minutes. So yeah, so that's probably about when we'll wrap the podcast. So that's good timing when uh, when you see your little man running in here and and saying, "Daddy, Daddy, I gotta pee." That's when we're gonna wrap. We'll be like, "All right, that's the episode for the day, guys." Time cut. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do your picks right off the top here. Um, we were talking a little bit before the pod started. You've got you got five games you like this week. Why don't you throw those at me? Okay, so uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand. This is a weird week. It's an interesting it week. I don't I don't like that much this week. There's like one game that I think I, I'm actually going to bet this week. 
Yes, and so I'm a little bit more degenerate, so I can't contain <laughs> myself. So I went ahead and jumped on five. But you like really... that Miley Cyrus can't stop, won't stop. You know what I mean? Yes. Also, <laughs> motto of my life. So uh, there's one game that I do feel good about this week, and it's Auburn three and a half against Florida. And uh, part yeah, of and this... I've actually got that at three now, so that's even better. Yes. So also disclaimer, I jumped on these picks early in the week. So if some of these lines have changed, you'll have to let me know. But uh, it was three and a half. I'd feel infinitely better if it was three. Um, but I just don't think Ford is that good. And they got they're down to their quarterback. I know he was highly rated. But uh, man, I think I think Auburn can roll here, can take it. So uh, I jumped on that one. You said you like that one, too. Is that one you're going to jump on? That's the only one this week that I like, honestly. Auburn made me money last week, so I'm feeling good about them. I have this terrible habit of continuing to bet on teams until they lose for me, <laughs> uh, which they inevitably do. Yes. Um, UCF. Thanks a lot, UCF. Yes. Um, <laughs> that one burned us both, my guy. <laughs> uh, never again, UCF. <laughs> never again. Get out of here, Josh Heifel. We are done with you. No, you can um, come to Illinois, no, Josh Heupel. That's fine. Come to Illinois. I was going to say, see, now that he got the got those L's on his record, though, he might be he might be in line for that Illinois job. So, um, no, that's about the only game I like this week. I think Auburn's actually really, really good. Uh, Bo Nix is just otherworldly um, in terms of, of what he's been doing as a freshman. So uh, yeah. I like them, and I, I get that it's at Florida. It just that doesn't move me. I think I think Auburn rolls here. Yeah. Another game, so just like what you were saying, dance with who brought you. Texas has been good to me this year. Sure, and so yeah. uh, I'm taking Texas 11.5 against West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia has struggled this year. I know they beat the Ooh, mighty yeah, West Virginia. Hawks. West Virginia's bad, man. Yeah, they're not good. And um, I think Texas is just – they're one of those teams this year that – you were pretty hyped about it at the beginning of the year, and then at the end of the year, you're going to look back and be like, wow, they're still really good. Like We haven't been paying attention to them that much, but they're like two lost teams. So, Which is funny to say about Texas, because it seems like that's all we're ever paying attention to. Uh, well, you and Nebraska maybe a little bit more. Nobody here cares <laughs> about Texas. So, But I, I love Texas. So they, they've been good to me this year. I'm going to jump on them again. I'm going to ride them, like you said, until they let me down. But I also, outside of all of that, like – we just said West Virginia is not good. It's a what's their no, head coach's garbage. name? It's his first year there. What's his name? Gosh, I can't remember. I know Holgerson left for Houston, but yeah, I can't remember. It's a rough start to his tenure. Let's just throw that out there. So I'm gonna take Texas eleven and a half, um, and then I'm also a little bit of a homer because I'm close to these teams. But anytime you see Illinois in a game, look at that over and probably bet your life on it, okay? So Illinois at Minnesota, the over-under, the total of that game is 57 and a half. Uh, Illinois can't play defense. True. They, we saw that. We saw that against yeah. Nebraska. No, Yeah, 700 club is what Nebraska did to <laughs> Illinois. But um, they can't play defense, but they can score. And so uh, I see this game as a high-scoring game, back and forth. Both teams need this game. I know it's weird to say Minnesota at 4-0 right now needs this game, but they have no good wins. And so uh, Illinois needs this win to this game to save Lovey Smith's career. Not career. True. That's harsh. Tenure at Illinois. Yeah, I would say his Illinois career. Yeah, his Illinois career. And so I'm, I'm jumping all over this over because I think it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, I mean, the question for me is how much can Minnesota score? I have a little bit more confidence in Illinois in Illinois' offense. I just I haven't watched a ton of Minnesota, so I, I don't know how good I feel about betting them on the over. Well, I think uh, Illinois is averaging 36 points per game. Okay. And Minnesota is averaging 35 points per game. Now, they haven't played great competition, but once again, Illinois, not great competition. So, <laughs> Yeah, so simple math tells you there the, uh, the 57 is the number to go over on. There it is. All right, what else you got for me? Um, last one that I'm feeling good about is South Florida at minus 10 against Connecticut. And my only reasoning in this one is because they're playing Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut's just hot dumpster garbage. It's... 
unbelievable that a team can be as bad as they are. It's so Connecticut's the dumpster fire, or is the hot garbage that's left over after the dumpster fire? They're just and then it got rained on. It's like hot, wet garbage. <laughs> Poor Randy Edsel, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. He took the job. He knew what he's doing, but he took the job twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. Which I don't know if you've heard. So the rumors, uh, Chris Ash being fired at Rutgers this past week. Uh, Greg Schiano, I think, is probably gonna be the the I think he's gonna be the next guy to show up there and that's to what they try. were. That's what they were saying. They were, he was going to go back home to Rutgers. You know what's funny, though, is once he's left Ohio State, their defense looks otherworldly. Yes. Like, they look unreal. Yes. So, But it's Rutgers, man. So what are you going to do? That's true. It's you got to get what you can take there. What are you going to do? I mean, that, that could be its own segment. What are the worst jobs in the Big Ten? We won't get into that now, but that's a, that's a fun conversation. Yeah, we may have to re- we might we may have to circle back around to that at the end of the season when everything's played out. Um, but so you also you mentioned that you think Nebraska is going to cover against Northwestern. I do. You um, you. I don't feel great about that. You tried to talk me out of it, but um, <laughs> I just don't. Northwestern's offense is just really bad. It's terrible, which is and, funny because. Man, they were so hyped when they got that transfer from Clemson. Was it yes. Hunter Johnson? That five Johnson. Man, they were hyped, and he is terrible. Yeah, he's he's not good. Um, and we'll we'll see. I don't know what what year in school he is. Is he just a sophomore this year? Yeah, I think he's a retro sophomore. So he's he's got some time. We'll see what happens. But this year, definitely not good. Yeah. Um, not I just I don't know. There's too many variables for Nebraska right now in terms of how they're playing, how Adrian Martinez is playing, which we're going to get to here in a minute. And yep. just, I mean, the offensive line play, the center play, the snaps. I just, I have more questions about Nebraska than I have. I don't have enough answers for those questions to feel good about putting money on them. Yeah. I think it, it also might just be one of those things that you can be too close to a situation that you see everything when you're a little bit more removed. It's possible. Then, uh, you might not know all the right information, but you feel a little bit more comfortable seeing Northwestern get their butts kicked. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And I mean, if, if I did take that, I would probably buy the hook. I don't know if it's down to seven or not yet, but I'd definitely buy that hook if I'm if I'm uh, looking at Nebraska and it's still seven and a half. Um, and that's part of the reason I wanted to talk to you about um, Adrian Martinez. Cause you are, ha- you are a little bit on the, a little bit on the outside looking in there. So you're not as caught up in the daily minutia of, of all uh, of the nonsense going on with him in terms of just people analyzing his play, criticizing his play and everything like that. But before we do that, I wanted to um, look at that uh, Texas tech, Oklahoma state line, which is at, I believe it's at minus 10 right now. And the reason that's interesting to me is because there's this strange little phenomenon where when the road team is favored and are ranked against a, or is it when they're, I'm trying to remember here. Yeah. When the road team is ranked and a favorite, the home dog, when they are not ranked, do I have that right? I made money on this little thing last week. Is there like twenty-two and four or something in the last twenty-seven games? Interesting. Uh, the unranked home team when they're a dog, and so I don't know. Texas Tech is interesting to me there for that reason. That but I'm also second. I'm also second guessing if I got that stat right right now. If I flip flopped, who was the dog and who was the? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to listen back to the podcast last week because I got it right then and I made money off of it. So maybe listen to last week's podcast first and then go and, and make your decision on Oklahoma State yeah. Tech's deck based on what the correct information is because I'm I'm struggling a little bit here. So going off that logic, though, uh, Kansas is a home dog to Oklahoma, and the, the line right now is 33. So you jumping on Kansas to cover? Yeah, so I must be getting that wrong. It must be, <laughs> it must be home favorite against a ranked dog. An unranked home favorite against a ranked dog. The home favorite wins like has won the last like twenty two or twenty seven. So 
That has nothing to do with the Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game, and we can forget about it. Okay. <laughs> I still think it's an interesting line, though. It is. Yeah, just not by the logic I was trying to use. Yeah. Or we maybe we should, nice go, we should all go bet the money line on Kansas, apparently. <laughs> just let it roll, man. Wes Miles has got it going. I do not endorse that, but if you make money <laughs> off of it, more power to you. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened there. My brain just my my brain just, just completely spazzed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> the other, the only other um, one that I was sort of looking at was what actually was Oklahoma minus thirty three because Oklahoma's been really good to me this year, but I don't bet almost anything over twenty points, so I'm not I'm not touching that one. See, this is where we differ because I like to figure out what is the biggest line in the weekend and and just throw it all on the underdog and just hope for them to cover a 40-point spread. See, that's different. Like I usually if I usually that's a little bit different. My strategy is like if I like a team to win, I think they're going to kick their butt. I don't go over gotcha. you know like 20 or whatever to on that because I feel like it's man, you can you can kick somebody's butt up and down the field and they get a couple touchdowns late and you don't win by twenty one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It drives my wife crazy to have her walk in the living room and me be watching a game that's like fifty to three and I'm <laughs> so into it. Just like yeah. yeah, you're you're just living and dying with every play and you're like, No, don't run out the clock. Don't run out the clock. <laughs> Forget sportsmanship. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, man. I do that all the time. But, all right, let's get into uh, Adrian Martinez. I wanted to talk to you specifically about this for a couple reasons. Number one, like I said before, you have that outsider's perspective, but you pay a lot of attention to the Big Ten. So you know what's going on, but you're not caught up in all the local media and everything that's going on there. The other reason is I feel like you had a similar situation with juice williams about 12 years ago when he lit the world on fire the year they went to the uh the year they went to the rose bowl in 2007 and he was expected to take a huge step forward again that year people talked about how he had worked with donovan McNabb in the offseason and then he just basically fell flat on his face for the rest of his illinois career so you've got a little bit bit of experience not to say that that's going to happen with adrian martinez but you've seen right. this go badly before, right? After somebody lights it on fire. So yeah. let's start with from your perspective on the outside. What are you seeing from Adrian Martinez in terms of does it feel as dramatically bad from the outside as it does from Nebraska fans? Specifically, I mean, that game against Ohio State was just atrocious by anybody's standards. So I want to focus more on the other games because I think that was more had more to do with Ohio State necessarily than it did with Martinez. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me start off by saying this. No, it does not seem as bad from the outside looking in. <laughs> um, That's almost always the answer, right? No, so, it's just, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, not at all. Because like you said, Ohio State's going to do that to a, a lot of people this year. I think you also got to put into, into play college game days there. Like – this is he the was biggest up. moment. Like everybody yeah, was hyped up. it was it was an insane atmosphere, and um, that can be hard sometimes. And so, from from the outside looking in, obviously, I got a good look at uh, Martinez when you know they came to Champaign and, and played. And I got to say, that was just a weird game. It was yeah, it was super really weird. it was really hard to get a feel for. Um, I guess what they really wanted to to have as an identity on that offense. There were some weird fumbles throughout the entire game. Sure. Um, and so it, it's hard to, to look and say, I mean, you see this highly touted freshman who had an amazing freshman season, even if the record didn't show it, like he had an amazing he, season. Especially once he got healthy the second half of the year, he was great. Yeah. 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 Especially since, you know, that guy tried to rip his leg off, but um, not cool. Not a cool move, Colorado not condoned um but uh, you know he he had an amazing freshman season comes into his sophomore season and i think people always expect growth to be linear so 
if he put this many yards and touchdowns together his freshman year, then he has to, his sophomore year, to see growth, he has to have this many yards and this many touchdowns. But there's so many other variables that come into play with that. Um, and so I, I honestly, from the outside looking in, I think he's going to still be a great quarterback. I do personally believe in the sophomore slump. Teams get a year of film on you, and your game's got to change a little bit. It's got to adapt so that other defenses, they they can't just key into what they've now seen for a year on film. Um, and then you'd probably be able to speak into this a little bit more. A lot of it's also on the, on the coaching. And sure. coaching is able to put some little wrinkles there to help him with that, but also to help him have an identity um, and to put him in, in spots to be successful. Because that's the thing that happened when you bring up Juice Williams. Um, he came in as a freshman as one of the biggest recruits that Illinois had had in a long time. And he split time his freshman year. Didn't have a great year, but he did lead us to a road victory. 26-point dogs at Michigan State. We came, won, and uh, pretty much lost the rest of the year. But we had that moment of, <laughs> man, maybe this is something. Then, like you said, sophomore year, lights the world on fire. We go to the Rose Bowl. He wins at number one, Ohio State. And going into 2008, his junior season, like we had a Heisman hype website for Juice Williams. And uh, you did not end up needing. No. (laughs) No, we did not. It was 7to9.com. Juice Williams to Aurelius Ben. One of them was going to win the Heisman. We knew it. Um, but what I will say with that year is even though um, Juice struggled and that offense struggled, it was really on the coaches and the offensive game plan and the, the way that they ran the team that year. It was almost like they were trying to make Juice be something that he wasn't. And so I don't know if that's happening this year with Adrian Martinez. You could speak into that. But um, I can tell you from the outside looking in, I think he's he's going through a learning curve. Uh, I, I've listened to you talk about just a different body shape and just how he's holding himself and handling himself. Um, I would just say just give it time. Like the kid's got time. That's the good news. The kid's got time. and He's obviously got talent. Um I don't see a juice situation here because I think I trust Nebraska's coaching staff a little bit more than Illinois that year. Sure, but uh, I think he's I think he's still going to end with a with a great year statistically, and Nebraska is going to have a have a good year this year. So it's interesting you what you brought up with the coaching because it feels like they maybe gave him well two things that you brought up. It feels like they gave him too much in terms of the offense and kind of got out of what they maybe what they were as an identity and they were like well we can do a little bit of this and he's so talented that he can do these things and those things instead of just doing like the one thing that you're really good at mm-hmm. and then the other issue to me is i don't know if this was them or if this was him but it seems he seems very hesitant to scramble on pass plays to take off and run even when there's space. And to me, that feels like, like you said, they were trying to make juice somebody he wasn't. I mean, if you're Adrian Martinez, I don't care how far you've made it through your progression. If you see a seam, you hit it, right? You gotta go. That's a, that's, that's the best option at that yeah. point, especially with the struggles they've had a wide receiver. If you see a seam, go get it rather than sitting back and be like, well, maybe this guy's going to come open. Well, maybe this guy's going to come open. If you've got eight yards, take the eight yards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's it seems like I don't know if he's trying to break that habit in himself or if the coaches are trying to keep him healthy or trying to turn him into a pocket passer or what they're trying to do. But that's what it feels like, because last year it seemed like no matter if he was on his first read or his fifth read, if he saw a seam, he took off. And yeah. so what I would like to see is a a little bit more RPO, that run pass option so that he knows like, hey, running is part of this pass play. And then B, I'd really like to see him a little bit more on that like QB waggle bootleg game. Yeah. Where where he really only has one or two options to read to before he takes off and runs, right? And then yeah. he has to do that. And they haven't been doing like you said, they haven't really been coaching him into areas to be successful. And like listen, the offensive line struggled, so or has struggled. So dropping him back and letting him read the defense, probably not the best option. Get him out in space. He's really good throwing on the run. 
Let him do some of the things he's good at and quit trying to count on a line that's been suspect at best. Yeah, I think something that's really good, especially when when a young quarterback starts going through um, some struggles like this, which, like you said, throw the Ohio State game out. Like, those statistics, not good. His number is not good, but that defense is phenomenal. So throw throw that game out and just kind of look at the whole – because it's so much more than numbers. Because if you actually go back to to – Juice's career that 2008 his junior season statistically as a quarterback he had his best year at Illinois but if you're watching the games you can tell that he's they're they're putting a game plan in place that doesn't fit his actual skill set to make the rest of the team successful so if he this looked year uncomfortable and their offense looked a lot worse for it yes and that's what you've seen from Martinez because I mean, you look at like the Illinois game, his numbers were incredible. A lot of the games that he's played this year, despite, I mean, he's, he's turned the ball over a lot, both interceptions, fumbles, he's turning the ball over a lot. So ball security is an issue. But aside from that, the numbers have been pretty spectacular outside of the Ohio State game. But yep. if you watch him play, something isn't right. And it yes. almost, and again, I don't know if it's from the coaching staff, I don't know if it's from him, but it feels like, it, honestly, it, against Ohio State, it felt like the yips. That's what it felt like. It seemed mm-hmm. like he couldn't make a throw. It seemed like he couldn't get comfortable. It seemed like something mentally was preventing him from doing the right thing. It felt like he had the yips. Yeah. I would say just number one thing, and there's let's let's also be honest about this. There's a reason I'm not a Power 5 college football head coach. Um, I don't believe that. <laughs> but from the outside looking in, simplify it. Like you yes. said, RPOs, little bootleg, like just simplify it and just tell them, okay. Because um, I, I think, and once again, you can speak into this. There was so much hype for Nebraska coming into this season. Like yep. so much. And I don't know if maybe the team and the coaching staff started to believe all that hype too. But rebuilds, take they take some time. And especially when you have a young quarterback, rebuilds take some time. And so, well, and frankly, you've got a young head coach too. Yeah, I mean, this is his fourth season as a head coach anywhere. Yeah, and you I know, think that, that's not when, a lot. Yeah, when you start build, like believing that hype, you can start getting uh, a little too creative. Start like feeling yourself a little bit too much, and maybe the game plan's a little bit too. Um, you know, in depth. And so maybe were, take it back to basics. I just think they were overly confident in Martinez's ability to implement their entire offense, right? Yeah. A lot of like it when they said at UCF, they didn't even give Mackenzie Milton their entire offense. And Mackenzie Milton was incredible. I mean, the, Adrian Martinez is more talented than Mackenzie Milton in terms of just physical ability. But Mackenzie Milton ran that system as good as anybody can. And, yeah. If they didn't even give him the entire offense, maybe maybe roll it back a little bit here with our guy Adrian because that seems a little that seems like you're asking a ton from a 19 year old. Yeah, and to speak to that hype, I got Jalen Hurts at better value to win the Heisman than Adrian Martinez was at the time. Ooh. Adrian Adrian Martinez was 12 to one. I got Jalen Hurts at 14 to one. Like, that's how crazy the hype got. Yeah. Yeah, you made the right choice. Um, oh, for sure. I feel really <laughs> good about my Jalen Hurts future right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the hype was so crazy this offseason. And I will tell you, fans, other fans from the outside looking in, we're trying to figure out, like, where is this all coming from? Well, and you wonder if opposing coaches are doing that, too, and they're kind of gearing up a little bit higher for Nebraska than they would normally, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I will say, like, I love the Scott Frost hire. I, I think he's going to succeed there, but it's going to take maybe a little bit longer than a year and a half. I also think people dramatically underestimated how bad of, I mean, probably myself included, how bad of a situation that Nebraska was in in the first yeah. place when he took over. And I want to address this because it's been all over local media is everybody just keeps coming to the table. Oh, Nebraska doesn't have enough talent. Nebraska doesn't have enough talent. Nebraska doesn't have enough talent. And like, listen, I get Nebraska is not as talented as Ohio state, right? Nobody in the conference is. 
there's like three or four teams in the country that are, right? You've got like Alabama, LSU, Georgia. That's about it, right? In terms of yeah. teams as talented as Ohio State. Yeah. And so I get that just talent for talent, Nebraska's not in Ohio State's category. But when you look at teams like Wisconsin and Iowa that don't routinely get blown out by teams like Ohio State, that's where it gets frustrating for me that people use the talent argument because mm. Nebraska I looked at I looked it up this week. Nebraska has out recruited both Wisconsin and Iowa every year since 2011 with the exception of Wisconsin in 2014. Wow. Wisconsin was like three spots higher than them in 2014. They still out recruited Iowa that year. Every other single class they've out recruited both Iowa and Wisconsin. And so First of all, they're getting their butts handed to them by those two teams on a regular, right? And then those two teams go out and regularly compete with the likes of Ohio State. And Michigan, I mean, Wisconsin just put it on Michigan, right? So you can't come and tell me it's talent. It's coaching. It's been bad coaching at Nebraska for a really long time. And I'm not saying that Frost is a bad coach. I'm saying he doesn't have them where they need to be yet. And a lot of that might be culture. I know there's more to coaching than the X's and O's and everything. And I know that they were dealing with a lot of culture issues last year. And a bunch of guys quit, you know, during the season because they weren't part of, they weren't, it's kind of a fit in or fit out situation. So they got out. And so I get that, but you have to take into fact that Nebraska does have the talent to be the best team in the West. They just do. They haven't had the coaching to be the best team in the West. And I get recruiting rankings aren't the end of the world, aren't like the the be all end all, but you have to measure it somehow. And if you're measuring everybody by the same stick, then it's fairly you know equal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And so when I see Wisconsin and Iowa regularly recruiting in like the 30s and 40s in teams in terms of team ranking, and Nebraska pretty regularly is in the 20s and every once in a while creeps into the teens. There's no reason Nebraska shouldn't be at the very least competitive with those teams, but they just get their butts whipped by them. So I've gotten really frustrated this week with people being like, oh, Nebraska doesn't have enough talent. It's like, no, Nebraska's just had horrible coaching for 20 years. Yeah. Well, and when you think of Wisconsin and Iowa, what do they have? An identity. Identity, right. They know what they're recruiting to. And that's a huge part of it, right? A three-star in the right system looks like a five-star, Yep. right? And so the development and the fit are obviously huge factors. But the bottom line is it's been – and that, but that's part of coaching, right? Is getting – Oh, yeah. Is either fitting your system to the guys or fitting the guys to the system. Yep. And Nebraska hasn't done that. That's part of coaching. Nebraska hasn't had an identity. That's part of coaching. Nebraska's developed really poorly. That's part of coaching. They've had a lot of de- defections. That's part of coaching. So, like, the talent's been, they've gotten the talent in the door. They just haven't known what in the F to do with it once it gets there. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And that, I, just, that was the, I just had to go off on that rant. It's all week. It's just been like, they don't have enough talent. They don't have enough talent. Nobody has enough talent to hang with Ohio State right now. Okay, that's just a thing, but they do have enough talent to hang with everybody in the West, and they're not doing it. Yeah, maybe they will this year. Obviously, there's a lot of games left this year, but up until this point, that's been very frustrating to hear that be the narrative when it's just not true. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of coaching, um, as of us recording this four years ago today, do you know what happened? Four years ago today. Mike Riley led Nebraska into Champaign, Illinois, and decided to keep <laughs> throwing the ball with one minute left in the lead with <laughs> Illinois with no timeouts. And Illinois drove the field and won the game, beat Nebraska. It's the happiest moment of my life. <laughs> better than num- better than beating number one. Well, I didn't get to watch that one, so you know, fair, fair that enough. Was, uh, fair enough. Yeah, that was a delayed happiness. The little delayed gratification there. No, I get that. But yeah, I, I mean, but that's the point. Like, it's, whether it's stuff like that, whether it's the turnovers that Nebraska's been plagued with for the last 10 years, whatever it is, it all comes down to coaching one way or another. Oh, for sure. At least in terms of competing in the West, they've had the guys. Yeah. And I feel like this, this might be 
one of the big differences between college football and college basketball. Because in basketball, you can just roll five studs out there, and you probably won't win the national championship, but you'll have a good season. In football, most of the time, there's yeah. some there's some like weird and like toxic situations that get that get strange sometimes. Oh yeah, like St. John's has done that a few times where you look at them and they're just like, man, that team is stacked, but they just get boat raced by everybody. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, you're right. In basketball, college basketball specifically, if you've got like three studs, you're going to win 25 games. Yep. That's just it. Yep. But in football, man, coaching is so important. You need a system. You need an identity. And um, it's got to fit the roster that you have. Yeah, so I think I think Nebraska can do that this year. Um, I don't know what's what's going on with turnovers and all that stuff. That I feel like that can be fixed. But like you said, him not just seeing a seam and taking off. There's something more there, and I'm wondering if that's coaching. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know if that's something he so wanted to prove that he was a pocket passer, or the coaching staff was like, "Hey, you've got all these options." You know, we don't want to get you to hurt. Be more careful about, like, choosing your spots to run. And it's just gotten in his head. Um, but one way or another, Martinez has not been the same in terms of just his decision-making, whether it be in passing or taking off to run or whatever. So they almost need to force his decision, right? Like I was saying with those RPOs yep. or those QB rollouts, make it so obvious to him that's like, hey, I have to run here because there's 20 yards in front of me and nothing else. Yeah, He almost have to make it so obvious that he can't make the wrong choice. Yeah. And I think they have, when you talk about talent, they have the talent to be able to make that simple for him. I think so too. And really the only thing that's the big issue on offense, I mean, you've got some issues with the wide receivers not getting open, not making plays, but you have enough skill guys in J.D. Spielman, Wandale Robinson, Maurice Washington when he's not getting banged up, uh, Dedrick Mills. You have enough skill guys that are good on that team that, he, they he, they can help him make plays if you put him in the right position. Yeah, and and here's the good news is that your schedule coming up here very manageable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You've got what it's it's Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue, uh, Indiana, and, and then Indi- Indiana, Purdue. then Purdue. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, very manageable. At the very least, they should go two and two. Probably should go three and one, but if you split the home and road games, I understand that. Go two and two. You're in a position to get one more win and be be bowl eligible. I mean, that's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've got chances in these this next month to really work on some things, simplify some things, get someone in a groove. I thought the Illinois game would be the thing to get that offense in a groove, which they, I mean, they put up numbers. Um, it was just silly mistakes. They should have beat Illinois by 50 if oh, it wasn't yeah. for those That was one of the strangest games because Nebraska felt like they were dominating, but they were down 14 like the entire game. <laughs> so yeah. it was just so strange because you're like, okay, Nebraska's killing them. Like, I mean, they were killing them. And they were down 14 still. And you're like, what's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, all right. So let's, is this uh, what you uh, is this what you got in arguments on social media about? This is, is not what I got in coaching. No, it, well, some. I've been getting into a lot of arguments because I've been very vocal that I think Major Martinez's weight's an issue. So I've been getting into some arguments about that, and really the sports, the sports social media argument is is really a time honored tradition for you know, the last 10 years or however long we've had social media here. Um, But no, the one it was, I guess, tangentially related to sports. Um, The one that I got an argument about last week, and it was the dumbest thing (laughs) was, which it always is, right? It always something like important. You never Uh, walk away feeling great. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I ended up just deleting everything because I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, I don't know. Even though I still think I was right. I was just like, I'm being dumb. I just, I just, deleted everything but so i was uh this person that we went to college with that posted something about because iowa that no they were at game day was in iowa two weeks ago and they were in nebraska this week right and so yeah the thing two weeks ago where the kid from iowa raises a bunch of money he 
was trying to get beer money, ends up getting like a million dollars, and he donates it to the hospital, right? Yeah. Well, like three days later, it came out came out that he said just horribly racist things on the. I was gonna say he's a racist, isn't he? Yeah. See, that's and that's what I said. Uh, but to so one of the this person that happens to be an Iowa fan was making fun of a Nebraska fan at game day who had a sign upside down that said Iowa sucks, but it was upside down. So they're like, oh, these idiots. They're like <laughs> these dumb Nebraska fans can't even get their stupid sign straight. Where are Iowa fans? are raising a million dollars for children. And I'm like, well, you know, it turns out he's a horrible racist. So, like, let's not be so quick to pat each other on the back here. Yeah. And mostly tongue-in-cheek. Like, I was mostly kidding because I thought it was a funny comment to make. Uh, But immediately, and I mean immediately, both the person whose post it was and some random people that I never met just jump right on me and be like, he said he was sorry. You you, you know, <laughs> where's the forgiveness in your heart? And what do you, you know, do you want to be, you know, held accountable for things you said when you were 16 and all this stuff, right? Just right. all the things you always hear. And he, you know, he came out a few years later and, and apologized for whatever. And I'm like, I don't listen. Based on what he says, like, yes, I'm comfortable calling him a racist. I'm, I'm okay with that. And that's basically what I said. I was like, yeah, it's, it's fairly in my comfort zone that I think this guy's a racist. That's fine. Yeah, he did a good yeah. thing on accident, basically. But, okay, kudos <laughs> to him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, whatever, sure. Like, I'll give him that one. I'm not saying it's a bad thing just because, like, listen, like, and that's the other thing is people get into such extremes, right? Oh. And they'll get into, like, so, okay, just because he's a racist doesn't mean he never did anything good ever. But he's still a racist, right? And so, like, yes, he can. You can donate a million dollars to children's charities and still be a racist. Yeah. Like, hey, congratulations, you did this one nice thing. Um, you're still rotten on the inside. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so that was basically my point. And this old white lady, right? You know, because that's always an old white lady that spends too much time on Facebook, right? I was going to say, this is Facebook. You're describing Facebook to a T right now. Yes, I know, right? Uh, And that was my first, my my first, uh, my first mistake, which is being on Facebook. But, (laughs) um, and so she just goes off and she's like, and she's like, man, I, I, I'm glad that I live in Iowa uh, and not Nebraska where everybody thinks they're perfect and. Iowa knows that we're good for giving people and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, have you ever, like, who, who from Nebraska thinks they're perfect, first of all? <laughs> who thinks we're better than Iowa? Because Iowa's a garbage heap. And everyone can agree on that. But she just is, she's going off on that. And, I'm, and then she's going off on how I'm this horrible, unforgiving person. And I was like, listen, I if somebody is, says and does racist things, I'm going to call him a racist. I don't think that's judgment. I think that's observation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and yeah, she's like, yeah. she's like, only God can judge whatever. You're a horrible person. And I was like, are you not catching the irony here of you judging me based on like three Facebook comments? Yeah. And then calling me for the, the judgment. And then she just ignored that comment. And that's kind of where I was like, OK, I'm dealing with a crazy person. Yet, like, it's time to back away. It's just. Just back away from just back away from the phone, and that's when I deleted everything and, and whatever. But I was, I've been thinking. This was last week. I've been thinking about this all week in terms of like what, why do I do this? <laughs> like yeah. why do any of us do this? And I was wondering if you had any experiences because I just most of the time my arguments are are mostly sports related. Like there was another one I got into. This was on Twitter where there was a video of. Uh, of one of the Creighton players, Mitch Ballack, made like 11 out of 12 threes at the end of practice. I saw I, this one. And I, yeah, you, did you, you witnessed yeah. that play out? Yep. And so I, I'm, I made some comment about how beautiful it was because I love Mitch Ballack. And, um, and some guy on Twitter basically took this beautiful video of this guy just wetting three pointers and was like, yeah, but, Coach Max sucks and he can't win the big game and I'm not going to be satisfied just because some guy makes unguarded jumpers in practice. And so I was like, "What are you? Are you so miserable that you just can't enjoy like basketball for basketball's sake?" 
and he's like, sorry, I hold my program to higher standards and blah, 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 and whatever. Yeah. And first of all, a lot of the sports fans take things way too seriously. That's yeah. my number one takeaway. Number two, you can't argue with an idiot no matter how right you are. Yeah. And that's basically all of social media arguments I'm realizing. Yeah. <laughs> is people taking something too seriously and then trying to argue with somebody stupid who is never going to realize how stupid they're being. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's interesting why we all have that in us of like, we just got to say something. I couldn't like, we stop. We just can't, we can't let it just stop. lie. And you know, the, the proverb says when you argue with a fool, you become one. Yeah. And well, we, there's also a Jay-Z lyric that's like, hey, never argue with fools, because from a distance, you can't tell who's who. <laughs> yeah. So he maybe stole that from the Bible, or maybe the Bible stole it from Jay-Z. I'm not 100% sure. Um, well, you know, it goes either way. It goes either way. <laughs> but um, I usually I quote Jay-Z in most of my sermons, so it, it works out. Um, stay woke, but, my guy. <laughs> I'm doing it for the brand. Um, and so... But there's something in all of us that's like we've just got to respond. And so I actually feel like I have done a pretty good job in the last several years of not engaging because it, I think that's just – that's what people want is to oh, for bring sure. someone into uh, – I was listening to another podcast the other day. I won't fully quote it or promote it because this is your show and I don't want people to go to a different podcast. Wait a second. You listen to other podcasts? Well, it was an accident. But anyways. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guy that was talking, he said, when you feel insignific insignificant, the fastest way to popularity is through hate. And I think there's so many people in our society and culture today that they hate their life. They hate their situation. They feel like they can't really control anything. So the one thing they can control is being a troll. Sure. And so they jump on social media. And if they can suck anyone in with them, and if they can you know, hijack 30 minutes of someone else's day, then for some reason it just builds up their confidence, which is so jacked up in our society and our culture. But it's the only way we know how to interact with each other now. You turn on ESPN and what's happening? Everyone's just yelling at each other nowadays. It's so hard to watch and to listen. And we take that and we all think we've got the hot take that we can yell and argue with other people when in fact 99.9% .9 of hot takes on social media are trash. Yeah. But it draws people in. It draws people in and that's what that's what we love to do. I think it's partially that. I also think... So I'm obviously not, I use this term very, very lightly, but I have a certain level of, of that. I'm, I'm a very, very small, like public figure in terms of like a sports personality in Omaha. I'm the, I have the smallest level of quote unquote fame you can possibly have. It's like six <laughs> people have heard of me that aren't related to me or friends. Hey, so, people know your name. Every once in a while, I feel like, especially with Creighton stuff, with Creighton stuff, because that's I'm decently well known in those circles if people really care about Creighton, that that they it gives them a feeling of importance to be able to get someone in the public sector to engage with them. Yes. Right. It raises it raises their um, credibility in their mind. Yeah. And so I think that's part of it. The other part of it, well, the lady on Facebook, I think she was racist, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Took one look at the a... profile picture and, oh, okay. All right. Well, it's so it's me and my white wife, so that couldn't have gone over well. <laughs> <laughs> Not my but, wife. No, 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 no. Uh. Um, <laughs> but I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is, if people feel like if they can bring that bring other people down to their level of misery, then somehow that makes their misery less, right? It's that old saying, misery loves company. It's yes. just now it's so much easier to make people miserable than it ever has been. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that's a lot of it. 
What I don't understand is I know these things, and somehow I still, still find myself in. diving back into the cesspool. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I wish I was more of a psychologist or a counselor or a therapist because I need one myself. You're a freaking pastor. I thought you could help me out. Well, so here's what I have found (laughs) out is that my life is so much more enjoyable when I, so I will say this, um, my, my wife, she's like, don't tell him this, but I will. Um, (laughs) <laughs> she she actually just she just deleted her Facebook because she's like I found out it was just making me hate people like I just oh, couldn't yeah. I just couldn't see people and love people anymore and so I just had to delete and like get rid of the whole thing and since she's done that since I've made it like I'm not gonna jump into art, which I still I'm not perfect but uh, <laughs> I don't know you you. You feel what you speak. So if you're speaking hate and anger, you feel hate and anger. If you're speaking, you know, life, then you feel more joyful and satisfied. And so uh, that's not like a prosperity gospel thing, but it is just like, what are you filling yourself with? And uh, I've had to train myself because I was at one point in my life, the younger me, like I was super into politics and my my idea of a good time would be hopping on social media, finding some form of political statement, and then twisting it to start an argument so that I could prove someone wrong. Just lighting something on fire. That's all. It, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I not to get like super spiritual on your podcast, but like I, I had a moment that I felt like with God, where God was just like, "What are you doing?" Like what, how how is this helping the world? How is this helping you and your situation and this other person? And, and it was just a real honest moment of like, man, I cannot just be filling my life, my hours of just looking for other miserable, miserable people to be miserable with. So, you know, what's funny when is it's so much different when it's strangers, right? Because We can argue, you and I can argue about sports stuff. Me and my other friends can argue about sports stuff until we're blue in the face, which yeah. is harder to do because I'm brown. That takes a minute. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> and I will argue with you about the Houston Rockets this year until until I get on a plane to Colorado because I lost yep. the bet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but so you do it with with friends, right? And um, at my bachelor party, a bunch of guys. Um, you know, Al, Evan, or not Al, Al, Josh, Dud, and then my buddy Jake, we, we were all arguing about whether or not Ben Affleck was a good actor. And it got <laughs> heated. Let me it tell was... you, like, <laughs> like, people were sweating, fists were being pounded on tables, like, it got real. <laughs> and we were all cool. Like, there was no hard yeah. feelings, there was no residual anger, and so that's why it's so much, it's super strange to me that, and you know what I think it is, is we give our friends the benefit of the doubt, right? right. We assume they're good people because we like them. Well, there's relational equity there. Right, You've- whereas with strangers on the internet, even if you had the exact same interaction, because you're not assuming the best of them, because you're assuming they're an idiot, you're assuming they're a bad person... There, it's so much easier to just go from fun, stupid argument to I straight hate this person's face and want to burn down their life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so strange to me how that happens and why that happens in almost identical interactions just with a stranger versus a friend. Well, it's the same thing that um, any – so if you look at any of the major you know, social justice issues in our country today, if any of them are easy for you – it's because you don't know anyone affected by any of those issues. And so it's really easy to dehumanize someone you don't have a relationship with. Sure. Or, yeah. And this is what this is what all of social media is and what all these arguments are about is this this is real life because of my experiences, but you're wrong because your experiences don't match my experiences. And right. so we can dehumanize people so quickly. Um because we don't know anything about their story. We don't know anything about their situation. And so it's really easy. What we type on keyboards, we would never say face-to-face to a stranger. Well, especially like not 
no, almost no one would talk to me like that to my face because I'm scared. I'm kind of scary looking in real life. Yeah. Like, like I'm not a huge guy, but like I'm pretty big in the beard and stuff. And I have a pit bull ring. Like people don't generally talk like crazy <laughs> to me because they're like, oh, I'm going to catch these hands. Yeah. This you is know? how I know that's true, though, is because nobody will say anything to me. And I'm not scary looking. <laughs> I am that guy that you're like, if I want to fight, that's the guy I'm coming to find. <laughs> but nobody will say it, so it must be true. Right. And so people like the things people are comfortable saying behind a keyboard are crazy. And I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not, you know, not casting the first stone here or anything because I've done the same thing. Most of these things I will say to people's face because I'm not afraid of, you know, old white ladies from Iowa. Like, I just don't care. (laughs) And so, and also I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a dick. So sometimes I'll just say things, but but it's so, it's just, it's such a strange phenomenon to me. And even on Twitter, if I'm arguing with a friend on Twitter versus a stranger on Twitter, totally different interaction. Yep. And it's just the most bizarre thing. I don't know if we've solved anything here today. Um, but I felt like I needed to tell some, just tell somebody that I had been being a crazy person this last week, arguing with people about college game day signs because that's something that matters, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, here let me. I'll, I'll say this: I believe this generation that we're living in right now is the most connected, but the least relational. And so we see everything, but we have no idea how to relate to each other. And that's what social media has done. And so this is, if anyone is listening to this and they're like, I, I just need a rule to live by. Here's a rule that I live by from now on. This helps me in my social media rage because I still feel it. Sure. I'll type stuff out and then I'll hit that delete button. You know, <laughs> All right. No, that's not right. Don't yeah. press Don't in. Don't press in. But um, so, so like I still feel it, but this is my rule of thumb now. If I'm not willing to encourage and build someone up, I'm not going to be willing to, to uh, tear someone down or to send something that would be negative to them. And so I try to live – if I've had a moment where I've encouraged this person, then I feel like I can also have that relational equity to like – say something that might be against what they've posted if i haven't they're only going to see me and how they want to perceive me as a hateful terrible person and then that's when an argument starts sure so that makes sense i think that's a good rule of thumb to live by um i also think the uh the mute button is a good love a good yes rule to live by right because like there's some people you're like man my, my my freaking uncle he's he's crazy with the with the politics and the the guns and the whatever, can't unfriend him him though because he's your your. There's certain people you can't unfriend, right? Yep. That mute button is your friend. Now, in my case, I could unfriend the person that started the whole thing, and I could block the person I was getting in the argument with. So that was my friend too in that situation. But don't be afraid of that mute button. If you don't actually have a relationship with that person, don't be afraid of that block button. It's better for your life and your mental health, health I promise. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, and get outside. Go for a walk. Don't pull your phone out of your pocket. Just go for a good walk sometimes. Or for me, I just go pet my dog. I'm just yeah. like, hey, Tally, we're cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so. All right, man. Well, I appreciate I've taken enough of your time. I appreciate you coming on with me here and uh, chatting about some things. Hopefully... Hopefully your Illini can can get to bowl eligibility this year. Because I'll be really sad if I don't get to see Lovey Smith and his beard patrolling the sidelines for years to come. Don't bet on it, but okay. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. Thank you so much to Evan Stone for joining me as well. I really appreciate his time, especially with his kids and their kind of crazy schedule. So really do appreciate that. Uh, Don't forget, you can always find us on Facebook, Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula, Twitter, at R.A. Lula, or you can find us on the just regular old internet, RaviLulaRadio.com. That's the website. Uh, make sure you go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, one last request. If you can just tell 
whatever friends you have, if you enjoy heavy lifting with Robbie Lula and think they would enjoy it too, um, just go ahead and share it with them. We'd love to, again, reach more people with the podcast. Um, until then, enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday.